All right, everybody. What's up? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, we're on episode 75 of Goals and Updates. We're getting closer and closer to that 100th episode of Goals and Updates, and I'm super ecstatic to be here with you guys today on episode 75. I can't wait to hit 100 because we're definitely going to hit 100, and I'm going to have a lot of guests on this show, so be prepared to have a lot more uh, uh, guest hosts on this show. Um, <clears throat> real quick, we're going to do, um, I'm going to go over what we're going to go over. So we're going to go over updates on my life in the beginning. That's part of the show. And then from there, what we're going to do is we're going to go into two tap, uh, two topics, which is going to be, you need people to believe in you. And then the Chinese word crisis is interpreted into two words, opportunity and problem. And, um, by the way, I heard that one on, um, a motivational video where this guy was talking about, uh, the word basically crisis in Chinese, which means two, uh, two different terms. That's where I got that one from. And it, it intrigued me tremendously because I was like, damn, like that, that's pretty, that's pretty potent stuff. Like I didn't know that. I'm sure most people don't know that by the way, either. Now, what we're going to do real quick is, uh, I'm going to update you guys on some things that are going to go on with goals and updates. I'm going to update you on what's going on in my life, how I'm interpreting the stuff that I'm talking about and just overall, like just basically what's going on with myself. Now, um, I had on the last episode, which was uh, Goals and Updates, episode 74, which was Dr. Daniel, and he's someone that I met in Toastmasters. If you, that, that was a great episode, by the way. I highly recommend, if you missed it, to go back and watch episode 74. Um, he's a motivational speaker and a life coach, so he was just perfect to put on the show. He was exactly what we wanted on this show, and... To be 100% honest with you, that I've been trying to get him on the show for the past month. All right, I've been, I've been, I've been following up with him for a long time to get him on the show, and I finally got him on the show. And if, um, if you're wondering where that space was, it was he works at a company. He just took a business opportunity. Um, he has a business called Sit, and that's his uh, his life coaching um, business. And he just got an opportunity to go and work for this one guy, Caesar who I got to meet. I got to meet a lot of people in the real estate business. He's a uh, real estate broker. And I got to meet a lot of different people in the real, the real estate space over there, which is gonna, which is good for me. I'm me I got to meet a lot of connections over there. So, um, you know, and, and the opportunity presented itself and I took it by the way, because like I said, I've been trying to get Dr. D or Dr. Daniel on this show for the last month and a half. I've constantly gone to Toastmasters and um, when I did my icebreaker, he was in, he was kind of interested because I told him I was doing goals and updates. I was like, I, I started a, a motivational channel or podcast that I'm trying to make expand and grow. And it, and he was intrigued because he was a motivational speaker himself. And and he talked and we talked about a bunch of different things. Where um, originally he wanted to make a whole separate show, and I just pitched him yesterday um, after we filmed that you know I, we should just he should just piggyback off of goals and updates. It's already a, an established channel. It's already kind of building and what's up mom. And, and the, and the idea of us building a whole new thing doesn't really make sense to me. If I already, if we have already built up a platform, he could just piggyback and do co-hosting or whenever he wants to come on the show, we'll do something. But the space that we were filming at was um, where he works. And the guy that owns it is Caesar or Caesar. Sorry, I messed his name up. Um, but he owns that space and I guess because I didn't have space for him, I don't have a studio. So when I go and I film with other people, 
I either rely on on doing it somewhere where we have more space somewhere else, not in not in the room or the setting that you see right now. It's just not big enough to hold two people. I've I've tried it before, and it doesn't really come out too clean because I don't have enough room in here. So um, when I pitched it to him, I was like, I don't really have space to to get you on the show. So he, I guess, asked the guy that he was working for because they just recently rented this space. If um, we could film in uh, in a different area that they were renting out, and the guy, I guess, I I don't know why he let us go. That it's probably just because he's a good guy and he figured, um, you know, he started a business and he and I'm sure Dr. D basically told him I was 23 or that I was this young entrepreneur that was trying to build things, and he was probably intrigued by it. And uh, when I, you know, and he let us use the space. So uh, that's something that um, the reason I'm telling you that too, by the way, is because if I didn't, if I didn't choose to follow up with Dr. D and I didn't choose to go and go out my comfort zone and, and him tell me like, Hey, I got, I got space for us to go film here. And just, and I just went and did it. I didn't even, I didn't hesitate to even tell him, no, I just said, yeah, let's do it. And the reason for that is because I'm constantly always trying to get out of my comfort zone. And that's what you guys should be doing every single day. Now, if I didn't go there, I wouldn't have met Caesar. Uh, who um, I pitched bringing him onto the show because he's a real estate broker, a successful real estate broker. He owns that space. And um, I pitched him to come on the show. And he said, yeah, just give me a call. And he gave me his contact information. So now I got another person to get on the show. I met a bunch of different people in the in the real estate space. I impressed someone that I could do business with in the future. And that was all because of uh, me going out my comfort zone and just going and meeting with Dr. D in a, in a random place that I had no idea where it was. I've never really been in that. I've driven by that location, funny enough, a couple of times, but I've never been um, in that specific area before out of my comfort zone. So that's why I'm telling you that. Now, some other things that are going on in my life is um, I just went, which um, Ed, Edwin joined. I don't know if he's still here, but I missed him. I actually took a, one of my last tests in accounting one. And I went back and um, I went to go see the marketing team that I was working with for the, for the last uh, like two and a half years before I just started this recent, uh, recently new job. And I went back to go say hi to everyone. And um, Edwin wasn't there, but, and Jennifer and a couple other people I think weren't there, but I got to meet, I got to see majority of the people. Now, when I walked in, uh, the first thing that I got from, um, which by the way, Edwin, which just joined, Edwin watches this show. And Daniela watched the show, which is my, my boss when I was working there. That, that was who I reported to at, at Broward College. Now, when I walked into the room, everyone's like, oh, man, like, uh, like we watch your show. It's so good. And, and it kind of it made me feel kind of good because I, I, I've ha- I have people that believe in me, right? I have people that I've, I've worked hard for, and they believe in me in the sense of watching my shows and, and supporting me still, even though I don't work for that company anymore. And it, it felt really good that I got to walk in there and I'm telling them like my plans for the future. And cause they're curious, cause they're like, all right, like, what are you doing? Are you going to continue school? Are you going to go this route? You can go in the real estate space. What are you going to do? And I told them all my plans and uh, they were pretty impressed by the plans. And obviously I got to follow through with the plans, which I will, but um, it was just interesting to, to see them and, and then be a fan of basically goals and updates and be like, Hey, we watched your show. It's it, it it was amazing. They actually thought I own that space that I was filming at, which I, I don't. That's why I had to, you know, that's why I kind of brought it up to people probably think I own that space, but um, I don't. So that's one update. Um, I got a one-on-one today and I got green for productivity levels for uh, my new job, which I've been striving for like hell. It's, it's been a, it's been a rough 
Um, first two, you know, I'm going on two months now at this new job, but it's been like hell to get these numbers up. And I finally, um, she told me I got in the green, which is a hundred percent productivity level for the month of, uh, I believe it's February, not February. I'm sorry. April or April. It's probably like a split. So it's, yeah, I think it's like April or the halfway April and, um, the month before that. But, um, I finally got greens. Now the other thing too, cause I have a couple other things now. Uh, the other thing too, is, uh, I want to shout out to my, um, uh, my uncle, uh, uncle Jimmy, who's, uh, who basically has, has helped me throughout this whole entire journey. And he, he actually gave me this stuff. Um, the, that he gave me the shirt, the tie was from my mom. Thanks mom. And, uh, but, um, he constantly, every single time I see him, I don't know, I don't know why, but every single time I see him, he gives me a new book to read. He, he reads like sales books. He reads motivational books and he gives me a new book every single time I see him. He'll mail me books. He'll mail me shirts. He'll give me clothes because that's the company that he works for is a clo- uh, professional clothing company for uh, business people um, and or work, anyone that's working in a professional field of work. But every single time I see him, he's giving me new material to, to basically learn. And I, you know, he just recently started doing this. It's, it's, I think he's been doing it for the past, like, uh, maybe like six months, maybe almost a year now. And I think it's because every single time I sit down with him, we talk about business, we talk about politics, we talk about certain things where, um, it relates back to business and he's a sales, he's a salesman. He travels all around the world. He's been to Japan hundreds of times. He's been to um, over, you know, all across the United States, almost, I would assume almost every single state in the United States. And he's been outside the country multiple times to different countries. He, he likes Japan a lot, but, um, the point that I'm trying to make to you guys is that's, that's why I'm going to talk about this one topic, which is going to be, you need to, you need people to believe in you. And, uh, we'll get into that in a moment, but, um, uh, shout out to him. Cause he, he has helped me through this journey of trying to completely put myself together and he has just been giving me materials. He actually gave me this book. So this book is called uh, called this. So it's called How to Conquer Grasshopper Mentality and uh, Develop Courage of a Giant Slayer Winning in the Land of Giants. Sorry, I keep switching over. So let me do that. So he gave me this book. Uh, this is the one. And I know this is a good book because this is the only book that he actually gave me. And he's like, hey, I want this book back. I don't care if it takes you a year to read the book but I want the book back. He's like, I want to read it again. It was that good of a book. So that's how I know it's a good book, by the way. And it was funny too. He's my manager. Cause I was reading it. I read every single day on my lunch breaks for 15 minutes. There's two 15 minute lunch breaks. I read for those 15 minutes. That's 30. Okay. So I think we're back on Facebook live. My bad. For some reason, my connection's been, it said that my connection was bad and then it rebooted me and kicked me off. So I tried, I tried my best to try to fix that. It didn't work. So we're going to try again and, and we'll do this as part two. Now, real quick, so um, we'll move on past my uncle, <laughs> but the one more update and then we'll move on to these topics. Now I met, um, they moved my seat. I don't sit by my manager anymore since I'm kind of like getting out of the training. I'm not really in training anymore, but I'm still in the probation period, but they moved my seat and they moved it over next to um, this really, really out of anyone that's in our department. He's the quietest person and his name's David. They moved me next to this kid named David. Now, David, me and David had, me and David are the only two people that pick up the phone and try to call a service provider or call the customer. And we're the only two that don't really care about calling and making the call. Excuse me. Now, 
uh, David does something different than me. David goes and calls the uh, service providers and tries to get their W-9s, which is their tax forms, and he tries to go and get the invoice for the customer uh, so that way we can reimburse the, the company or the service provider directly and, not, and, um, and basically pay it for the customer through the reimbursement process. So he actually has a little bit of a difficult task because uh, like, I, I don't think service providers, um, when you're constantly asked for the W-9, they kind of get pissed and he has to kind of manipulate people. Manipulating is, yeah, whatever. I mean, ma manipulating sounds bad, but he's got to try to get the information from the service provider. And sometimes it's a drag. I've had to do it a couple of times where I had a call for a cause of failure, where I had a cause for an itemized breakdown and it's like pulling teeth. They don't really give it to you. So you got to figure out ways to kind of like get them to talk and give you the information. So he has a little bit of a difficult uh, task to do most of the time. But I, I sat next to David. David has, um, and like I'll talk to David once in a while. Like uh, he's very, very quiet. Even when he talks, it's, it's very mild tone. Now, um, you know, I, I didn't know David too well until I moved next to him. And he's an amazing, amazing dude. Now, the funniest thing is I started talking to him and he's like, yeah, the reason why I'm so quiet is like, I just like listening and that's how I get information and that's how I do different things. Cause what happened was today he was like, oh, that's a new book that I see you're reading. What are you reading? I'm really interested. And I showed him the book. I just showed you guys on the, on the first video or the part one video. And he, um, he's like, oh wow. Like what's that about? And I was like, it's about, you know, uh, positive thinking and getting rid of the negative thinking. And I'm like, I'm only on chapter three, but so far it talks about scriptures and how it relates to positive and like humanity and stuff like that. And then it goes into positive thinking and how to change the negative viewpoint of different things into positive thinking. And I'm like, it goes, I think it goes into a lot more than that. I'm just on chapter three. And, um, I explained to him how I got the book You know, my uncle, I just told you guys. And, um, he opened up to me and he goes, yeah, I'm, I read a lot about like different types of religions. And I gave him a theory that I had, which, um, is probably for another show. But I gave him my theory. We started talking or talking and he opened up to me and he was like, um, I got to read those books. He's like, can I take can I write down the titles of those books? And I go, sure. And I give him the two books that are in my drawer because I gave him the first one, the one that I showed you guys. And I have another one that my uncle gave me, which is the Dale Carnegie book, um, How to Win and Influence uh, People and Friends or something like that. If the title's a little mixed up in my, my mind, but it's Dale Carnegie book. For anyone that doesn't know, Dale Carnegie is one of the, the biggest people in, in motivational speaking. But um, I gave him that book. I was like, you should write this book down too. Now, um, what the point that I was trying to make on this is I started talking to him and I realized that I had more in common with him, even though he was silent, than most of the people probably working there that, I've, I, that are, are very open, that are, are talking and, and uh, are not scared to give their input on things. And he's more quiet. And what I learned is, is uh, which I've known for a long time. The quiet people are always the killers, meaning like they're always the ones that are going to accomplish great things because they don't have a problem shutting their mouth and listening. And that's what he was telling me. He was like, you know, I've been in, um, I'm not scared to make the call because he's like, I've worked in, I've worked in businesses where it was way harder than this. I had to go and I had to call this guy and get information from this guy. And this guy didn't want to give me information. So he's like, I learned how to be quiet and just ask the right questions. And they give me the information. And I went, damn, like, like that, that's the kid I want to be around like that. Like, like, so the point that I'm trying to make to you is sometimes get like, sometimes things that you think are bad. Cause when she moved my desk, I wasn't too happy at first. I'm going to be like upfront with you guys. I wasn't happy that she moved my desk, but then I started talking to David and I realized that it was a blessing in disguise, right? She put me in next to the dude who 
I can talk to you about sales. I can go and talk to you about motivational stuff. And he's not gonna, he's not gonna deny me. He's gonna want the information. He's gonna want me to tell him. He's gonna, he's gonna come back and give me more motivational stuff as well because he is intrigued by that stuff. And um, and that, and it just shocked me because I, you know, I would have never have known that unless I brought the books and started reading the books at that at that specific time. Um, but. The point that I'm trying to make is sometimes, even though certain things don't feel right, certain things uh, feel wrong. Because I wasn't happy when she moved my desk into that spot. I didn't, I didn't really like it, but um, it actually made me a better worker because my boss wasn't up my butt every 24/7. Hey, what are you doing? That's wrong. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right? I had, I had space away from her so I could focus and get the productivity levels up. That's why I hit 100% for the month, and. I got pushed next to a dude, which he's quiet, but he is more intrigued by motivation. He's intrigued by learning. He's intrigued by business. He's intrigued by massive goals. And I pitched him the idea of done deal investments, and I talked to him about it. And um, he he was intrigued by it, right? He was intrigued by me basically showing him done deal investments and business and and different things. But I'm telling you, I would have never have known that until she moved me next to David. Because David's quiet. David isn't the person to talk to someone across behind him, three three seats down. He he's not um he's not that type of person where he's gonna he's just gonna talk to you. Um so that was something that intrigued me is I would have never have met uh or known anything about David unless she moved me next to David. So that that was something I wanted to bring up too, real quick, uh is um you know, funny things. Uh but yeah, so that that was a big thing. Now we're gonna go to these two topics. And these topics, I'm going to try to do my best to go, you know, as, you know, as, as a motivational speaker should go into or someone that, uh, that believes in this stuff. Now, um, the first one is you need people to believe in you. Now, the reason I picked this one was because um, at first when I started doing certain things, when I pitched the idea of goals and updates, when I pitched done deal investments, when I pitched anything that I wanted to do, I always got kickback. I had people that didn't, even though they were really close to me and they and they they knew I was do, trying to do things for the better, they didn't really believe in the ideas that I was presenting to them. They didn't really believe that I could do that. They didn't really believe that the ideas were worth even attempting or going through and committing to. Now, um, now the now the crazy thing with it is, uh, you need uh, oh, sorry, she came in the room for a second. You need people to believe in you. And um, as time has gone on, as time has moved, I'm starting to see people believing in me. If you, if you want to do anything in life, you need certain people to believe in you. And, and uh, as things have gone, moved forward, has, has gone on, I'm starting to see that. That's why I think like my uncle and um, people like my mom now have been my mom asked me today, like, what episode are you on? I'm like, 75. And she was like, no. she's like, you sure? I think it's 40. And I was like, no, it's 75. And she was like, damn, like, that's a lot of episodes. And I was like, yeah, you're damn right. It's a lot of episodes. I'm going to get 100 episodes. <laughs> that's what I told myself. I'm going to hit 100. Now, <clears throat> I'm trying to get two episodes a day. My goal, if you want to know a big goal that I have, my friend who I hope to get on this show eventually, uh, Edwin, or Edwin, who has has a great podcast called Lemon City Live, I'm hoping to pass his episodes. He, I think he does one episode a week. 
Uh, he's on, I think, episode like 153 or like 170 or something like that. I'm hoping to bypass his episodes and have more episodes in the market than him. And uh, it's because I'm doing two. Sometimes I do three. Sometimes I do do three episodes. Now, the reason I normally sometimes do three is if I get a co-host, right? If I get someone on here and I have to go by their time and not my time, that's a third episode in the week. That's why, I'm, that's why it's getting to like, you know, we're almost on episode 80. Uh, but I'm trying to do two and then I'm trying to do it consistently. So every Monday and Wednesday uh, around like 6.30, it's normally when I get off. Where it's probably going to be like more like 7 because 6.30 I get off, takes 30 minutes to get home. Um, and I just turn on the equipment and I, and I go for it. But the idea is that I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make it consistent, but I'm trying to get a lot of guest people on here. So if, if you guys do want to do something and you do want to come on the show and just, you know, it's not, I think people are a little bit intimidated being in front of the mic, but, um, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't do anything difficult. They're not difficult topics. Um, you know, so I, I do pretty good cause I believe in them, but a lot of the topics are not that. Um, hard to talk about, right? They're pretty, they're pretty basic. They're pretty easy. Um, but what I normally do is I like to do an intro or an interview in the beginning with someone, as you can see by the other, you know, if you, if you've ever seen the co-hosting of the episodes, I like to do it where they introduce themselves, they explain it. Then they go into basically, you know, their, their goals and what they want to accomplish in the future. We do the two topics that which they pick out through the the, uh, the actual subjects that I have or topics. They'll, they'll pick them out, so you get to pick the topics, by the way. And then from there, that we just talk about whatever you want. I've talked about politics in this show with um, Fabrizio. Uh, me and Daniel have talked about like he's more of the motivational speaking. Uh, so we kind of talked a little bit more about like motivation and like society a little bit. How society has kind of like played a, a factor in kind of uh, the negative negativity and like certain you know they kind of push you to go in a certain direction, which maybe you shouldn't go in that direction and like depression and stuff like that. Um, but I've had, um, cause I think I've only had a handful of people on the show so far. I haven't had a lot of co-hosting yet, but that's what I'm trying to turn it into is get a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different political backgrounds, a lot of different everything. And just, and just talk about different things on the show. So I'm trying to make it a little bit of everything too and have different people on here and, and have them talk about positivity as well. But different different mindsets, different people, different everything. Now, um, to get back to this topic, you need people to believe in you. You really do need this. This is something that I didn't think. Because when, when I first started out when I was young, all right, I had ideas. I pitched them to people. People tore them down. Um, I'm not going to blast people on here, but I, I had ideas. All right? I, I, was always a problem, I was always a solution seeker, not a problem causer. And when I came up with different solutions, like, hey, we should go open up this business. So I had this one idea where, um, like, because uh, we're still a family, like the people I, I worked with in my first job ever, we're still a family. We all keep in contact, or at least most of us still keep in contact with the, the, with the majority base. And at the time, we were all kind of pissed at the management. Like, we, we, we didn't feel like we were getting treated as a department fairly. And I was like, look, we have, we all have the skills. I was like, well, this person is a manager. Like this person has manager skills. This person is a cook. Like he can make, he can make the food. Coffee's pretty simple to make. That's what we're selling anyways at this stand. Um, you know, it's easy to go get a coffee vendor to just give us, you know, coffee and sell it, uh, you know, dirt cheap. And we can outdo like Dunkin' Donuts or start, you know, outdo Starbucks. And I was like, we should go open a coffee shop, which is a, will be a little bit more than a coffee shop. 
and we just need to go buy space and we got to go buy the equipment and we just got to take the risk and we all got to pool our money together and open up this business, this coffee shop business idea. And everyone was for it, right? I, I got everyone on, on board on the idea, but no one wanted to help me and, you know, take the time and go and do it. Everyone just said, well, if you go and find, um, you know, if you go and find the statistics to go open it and go do it, we'll do it. And when I was coming back with different ideas, when I was going and researching it and, you know, eventually the idea fell apart because people didn't, people were like, it's too risky. I don't want to do it. So, um, you know, that was something where I got tore down on. I, you know, I still wanted to do the coffee shop. I pitched it to other people and other people were like, it's a good idea, but I don't think it's really going to work. And I got tore down. Um, I had other business ideas that I wanted to do, which I got torn down. Um, so the point that I'm trying to make to you is people are not going to believe in you at first right? That's the big thing. People will not believe in you at first because what happens is when you go and pitch something to someone or you pitch an idea or a business idea or something, they can't see the vision. This is something we talked about on episode 74 with Dr. D. They can't see your vision. You're the only person that can see that vision and you're the only person that can make the people around you become, you know, get on board with your ideas by showing them, by showing them that it's possible, by explaining to them that, hey, if we do this instead of that, and we cut the cost down on this or we do that and you show them that you can do it, you might have to take the first step. In fact, you're probably going to have to take the first step to get other people on board, right? And that's something that took me a while to realize because I was someone that um, I relied heavily on other people to uh, boost my self-esteem up or I, I relied heavily on people to get me to, to move forward. You know, I wanted people to believe in me so bad that I just took what people told me and I just, I went with it. And what ended up happening was once certain people started failing me and I started realizing that I can't rely on everybody, if I rely on other people to, to do what I want accomplished, it won't happen. It'll, it'll never work. So I had to physically figure out how to believe in myself. And in order to do this, what I had to do was I had to start from within and expand out. All right. And so you got to get yourself 100% on board with what you want to do from there. Then you just expand to your family, your friends. Um, I would say your family is probably a little bit more important than your friends at first because your family, you know, your family is going to be the bit, you know, you always kind of go to your family for the support line. You normally always go to your family to pitch ideas or you go to your family to normally, um, cause you, cause you know, your family's not going to lie to you or you hope your family's not going to lie to you. Your friends might, depending on your friends, um, but your family, you kind of more heavily rely on than, than your friends majority of the time. So you got to start with yourself, expand out to your family, then expand out to your friends, and then start pitching the idea to other people, the masses. And the masses are going to be the biggest part. Um, that are, you know, It's going to be the hardest part to get on board because you got to sell people on the ideas. And that normally takes time because you have to start building and prove people wrong in a certain aspect. Like... Um, you know, I have like Fabrizio came on this show and for, and I think, I don't know if he told it to me in private or if he told, told it to me on the show, but he was like, dude, I pitched, I think he did say it on the show. I don't remember what episode, but he pitched it on the, and he's like, I told my friend that we went to high school with that, um, you're doing this, you're doing this podcast and you're already on like episode 64 or whatever. And he's like the, my friend didn't believe me. And he was, he's like, like, oh, is he really doing it? And he's like, dude, he's on episode 64. So I, you know, I didn't have to make that person believe in me that I was going to go in and do goals and updates or um, a podcast. I just put out content. 
I put out content, put out con- uh, content, kept going, kept going, right? And he just saw that I put out a lot of episodes and he's like, damn, yo, he's really going for it. He's really pushing for this, uh, this idea of goals and updates. So I had to basically, you know, I, I, I proved that person wrong. Basically I went and did it. Uh, same thing with, um, with like done deal investments, like done deal investments. Um, I pitched the idea to a bunch of people and people are like, I don't understand that. Like, like, I don't understand the concept of done deal investments. Like, what is it? Uh, my, I remember pitching an idea to my cousin and my cousin's like, I don't, I don't like the name. I think it's stupid. Uh, it sounds like you're investing in like stocks. Like you're, you're like, you're a, an investor or like a stock broker or something in that terms. So, and I told him straight up, I'm like, well, I'm building, I'm going to build something that's going to make more sense. But I'm like, then the name is not, is not the key to it. The name is going to make a lot more sense later on. But um, I'm like, I'm te- I, I, I am an investor. It is investing in real estate. Like I'm still helping people out. I'm getting investors on board. I'm, I'm investing in real estate. So that's why it's investing, right? Or done deal investments. Um, and eventually it's going to be more investing in people. Because eventually I'm going to start, you know, it's going to help more of like a seller than it is an investor. I, I personally think, I mean, that's the goal. I, I think the seller normally needs more help than the investor. Um, and then later on, maybe I can get both on board, but you know, I got to focus on, on kind of like one niche and then move my way in. But, um, but the point is you have to have people, you need people to believe in you and you have to sell, you have to sell yourself every single day. Like I sell myself every single day. So I'm, I'm selling myself right now on, on goals and updates to you right now as I talk, right? I have to sell myself every single day. I go to, I go to a nine to five job and I have to sell myself to my manager every single day by committing, by getting there on time by producing results for them, by uh, making the call and picking up the phone and cold calling a service provider or a customer. Um, I got to do it every single day. All right. Um, Even when I went to, you know, when I went to class today and um, I took the test, I I had to sell myself to the teacher that I knew the knowledge. Right. So you're selling yourself every single day. Now, um, you need people to believe in you because if you don't have a support system, you're not you're not going to make it. You need people to push you forward. And that's where, you know, like I appreciate my uncle a lot because my uncle just gives me the material, right? I go to him and I'm like, hey, I really want to work on, you know, I tell him all the time. I'm like, I want to work on, I really want to work on sales. Like sales is my weakness. Uh, how can I improve this? Like you're, you're an expert in that field of selling. How can I do this? And that's when he started giving me the books. And he's like, you got to change your mindset. You got to change the way you're looking at things. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing that. You got to start building this. You got to build discipline. You got to go and work hard and go this direction rather than this direction. So he kind of, and the cool thing is, it's like having a real mentor in front of me. Like I could call him up right now if I had a question about something, he would probably answer and give me the answer, right? Uh, Most people don't really have that. I lucked out. I really did. Like that that was a blessing in disguise. I lucked out that my uncle was a salesperson because He's the only person that I, I physically know as a family member that is in selling. And uh, if I could get him to believe in the dream, if I can get him to believe in me enough to give me the books, um, that, that, that proved to me that I can go out and sell certain things to people, people that I don't know, people randomly like that, that join this podcast, um, pitch an idea to someone and get them on board. It, it convinced me that if I could sell my own family on the idea, or a family member or family members, I could expand it, right? So that, that was the idea that I was, uh, I was trying to do, 
or that that was the vision that came to me once I moved forward in um, trying to get other people to believe in me, right? So that's something that you have to consider doing anything, whether you want to go to college, whether you want to go and build a business, whether you want to go in and do something in your life, you have to have the people around you believing in you. You have to have a support system where um, they're not going to, they're not going to give you um, pushback and they're not going to be like, Hey, like you shouldn't do that. That's stupid. Right. Um, and unfortunately like that's, that's almost every single family member. And they call that the naysayer, by the way. They call that a naysayer because it's someone that's really close to you. They don't mean to give you negative input or they don't mean to throw you off your track of like you're basically on the on the pace that you're going down. They don't mean to throw you off or make you stop. And um, they do it because they're, they're so close to you that they're scared that you're going to fail and it's going to ruin your whole entire life. They're, they're worried for you. They're actually doing it for the right reasons but they're, they're messing you up in, in the worst way possible because those are the people you're going to go to, your family, friends, anyone that's really close to you that you trust, a mentor. You're going to go to those people and you're going to ask them for advice on something that's a little bit maybe out of your reach or something that you think is a little close to impossible or something that um, you're not too sure on. You have never, ever, you've only dreamt about going in that direction, but you've never had, uh, you've never tasted it before. You've never seen it before. I mean, you visioned it, but you never physically experienced that before making it and that whatever you're trying to do, whether it's a successful billion dollar business, million dollar business, um, better connect, you know, better relationships with like your family members, whatever it's, um, that's what they do. They throw you off by accident. They don't mean to, but they do it. And you got to be careful with that. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing. So we're going to go into the second topic. The second one is the Chinese word crisis is interpreted into two words, opportunity or problem. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the two and then uh, I'm going to give you like my honest input on like, uh, like why I kind of put this down on here and like, and why, like, you know, I'm just going to basically give you my opinion on the, on the word uh, crisis in Chinese. Now I, before I go into that, I found this off a motivational video, this, I don't remember the actual speaker that was talking about it, but he was talking about the word, um, the Chinese word crisis. And, and I heard him say it's interpreted in two different ways. However you look at it. And he said, it's either problem, which most people look at crisis as a problem or opportunity. Now, problem in crisis, which most people, when they hear crisis, is uh, they, they look at it as a problem. For instance, uh, if, if uh, the economy, you know, let's say the, in 2008, we had a crisis in the market of real estate, right? Real estate collapsed, um, and that was, a, that was considered a crisis in the real estate market in 2008, right? So people looked at it as a problem, all right? The successful people or people that looked at it differently looked at it as an opportunity. Now, when, and, and this is something that I learned from Grant Cardone. This is actually why it's actually interesting that it, it fell into my lap because I read a book with Grant Cardone where he said when the market contracted and everyone was pulling back, he looked at it as an opportunity to push forward because everyone's pushing back. He can push forward and start doing what other people aren't doing, right? So that's where the opportunity comes into that place. So if there is a crisis and everyone's coming and looking at it, oh my God, it's a problem. I got to stop doing this. I got I to gotta push back. Right, I gotta, I gotta move backwards instead of forward. 
the the right person will find the solution and think of it as a opportunity. And the opportunist, or I think that's how you say it, opportunist, I think that's how you say it, will actually go forward and create a solution that will create a, um, that'll actually create a bigger market, right? Or they'll make a lot of money off the problem or the crisis because they looked at it as an opportunity and they pushed forward. Now, um, so that's the, that's the two, like the terminology between like opportunity from crisis and then problem from crisis. And to me, that's basically what it, what it sounded like when I heard it, right? Most people, 90% of people will probably look at a crisis as a problem and maybe 10% or 5% will look at it as an opportunity to expand or uh, move forward rather than backwards. And if you take any person that was very, very successful, that changed reality or changed life for, um, as a whole, like Steve Jobs, uh, like Steve Jobs was, um, when most people thought maybe it was a problem or a crisis, he found the solution to the opportunity or an opportunity with a solution, right? He went in and he created the iPhone and then he created Apple, which created a bunch of other things related to technology. And, you know, he, that was something where back then he got made fun of for the iPhone. Uh, most people made fun of him when he pitched the idea of having a smartphone. Cause back then we only had the flip phones or I think the closest thing we had back then was like a BlackBerry, which was a, um, it wasn't, it wasn't fast on the internet. It was like the first phone that could actually kind of really go on the internet, I think was the BlackBerry or like was at least successful and it wasn't extremely slow, I think. But, you know, don't quote me on that. I'm not really sure, but I just remember the BlackBerry being like the big thing. And then I think it was the iPhone, but the, he found a, he wanted to create a smartphone. And that's when he pitched the idea of the iPhone to everyone and everyone laughed at him and said, you know, it's impossible. You can't do that. We don't have the technology to go and move forward and do that. And when everyone was kind of contracting or looking at it as a crisis or a problem, he looked at it as an opportunity and he pushed out the iPhone and it, and that's what made all, all your phones today, right? Majority of the same, the same technology from the iPhone, which is one of the first uh, smartphones that were put out is what Google is probably using is what, um, Samsung, which, you know, majority of the time it's either Google or Apple that owns uh, a, a similar model of the phone, right? So that's what you see in most of the smartphones with Steve Jobs. He was the first one to ever make this, uh, the first smartphone. And he found an opportunity within that market. Now, the same thing would go for, uh, I'm trying to think of someone else who, like, majority of the people or population would know. Uh, you could take, you could take uh, Oprah Winfrey, right? Uh, she was made fun of that she wasn't going to make it in TV, right? I think she started out as a news reporter. And she was someone that wanted to do uh, television. And they all made fun of her because they're like, you can't do it, uh, X, Y, and Z. I don't really remember exactly why they said she couldn't do it. Um, I don't I don't think it was because of her skin color. I think it was more of, uh, I think it was her accent at first. I think she had an accent or it, it was something. It, it was. I don't think it was because she was black. I think it was more because of um, something with her accent or something. She had something. Or I could be thinking of, uh, there's a lot of them. I get mixed up sometimes. Or I could be thinking of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who that guy has done a lot of different stuff that he was told he wasn't going to do. He started off as, um, he came here first of all as an immigrant from Germany. And he had a, you know, he has the accent. He still kind of has the accent. But at, at first, he, um, he got into bodybuilding. That's what I think really got him known was Mr. Olympia, right? 
Then he went into, he was like, you know, after he conquered, uh, you know, muscle building contests, he was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to go be a movie star. And people are like, there's no way you're going to, your, your name can't go on billboards. Like no one's going to, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger is not going to look good on a billboard. Your accent is not going to make you, you know, the people aren't going to be able to understand you with the accent. Um, he, you know, he, um, he was very built like muscular wise. And they, at the time with actors and actresses, they, there, it wasn't a time where, um, like bodybuilders were really in the acting business and they laughed at him cause they're like, your body's too big. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to actually get any roles in, in acting. And so I think one of the, like the, cause this is a speech that I heard from, which I really should put up on, on the social media, but he did a speech where he named those things that I just told you. And then he went in and said like the biggest catchphrase in a movie was when he played in the Terminator and he said, I'll be back. Right. And that was the most, and I think he said something like it was the most uh, quoted movie quote in like movie history. Right. And he said it was because of his accent. His accent is what gave that, that, um, that quote or that saying more, more power and more, of a cat, like, like it was more catchy. Like if a regular person would have said it, it probably really wouldn't have been that successful. But since he had the accent, which like, and hyphened it basically made it stand out different from like another phrase or another catchphrase. It was the most searched or the most, um, the most searched or the most hyped up quote in a movie ever in like movie history. And he said that was because of his accent. So the stuff they made fun of him for, he went in and, and created his own opportunity, right? Because people were like, oh, that's, uh, you know, they basically, they showed him the problem of all of his reasons why he wouldn't make it in the movie industry. And then all the things that he did ended up creating more, um, more opportunity for him. Like he took the opportunity and, and it presented to him and he took the opportunity and made something of himself through the movie business. And then even after that, even after he was denied, you know, Mr. Olympia, even though when he was there trying to deny him from the movie business, he then tried to become a politician, which what, you know, whatever side you are in politically, um, I, I don't really think he was the greatest. I don't think he was that great of a politician to be a hundred percent honest with you, but he still went against the odds, right? He still went against the odds when everyone is telling him like, you won't be a politician. There's no way you'll make it. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to make it and you're not going to be governor of California. And he actually became governor of California. Right? So, um, like I said, I don't think he was the best Paul. I don't think he was a great politician, but, or a governor at that with California. But the point is that he went against the odds when other people created problems for him. He went and created his own opportunity and he went forward and he actually conquered and actually created something that he could only envision by the way, the, and then that's, that's where it comes back to Like you're the only one that can do it. That's why you have to have the support system. Like you gotta, you gotta convince yourself first. And this is what I was trying to explain um, a long time ago to my aunt about like goals and updates. And the reason I created goals and updates was um, I'm trying to branch out locally and then expand. So the whole idea is to get people on the same, because really, like, I'll be bluntly honest with you, the, the Facebook and Instagram, it's all most of the people that are internal to me. It's all internal to me. I haven't really expanded like outside of the internal base yet. Um, which, you know, eventually I'm going to work on that and start up uploading these episodes to, uh, like a podcast stream or, or something where I can actually expand it to a bigger, uh, a bigger audience outside of like Facebook and Instagram, just locally through friends. 
but right now all this is doing is going through uh, friends that I've met and I've added onto the friends list or um, internally people that I know personally or whether it was like a, you know, a little interaction I had with them and then they became my friend on Facebook or Instagram. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is I'm doing basically what I told you guys in the beginning with the first topic, which is you need, you need people to believe in you. So I expanded to myself first, right? I got myself on 110% on board with what I wanted to do and the, the goals and, and where I want to go and convince myself that it's possible. I expanded to my family, which then expanded to my friends, which now I'm doing goals and updates and I'm broadcasting internally to my friends, right? Internally to my friends, which then I'll expand out to the public, to, to the masses, as I like to use the term, the masses in, and then internationally maybe, and then so on and so on. I mean, you just keep going on the list. But it all starts with going from the in to the out. So you got to start internally and then work your way out. And that's, that's probably the best advice I can give you uh, for anyone that's trying to do anything in life. You got to convince the people around you to be on the same page. And, uh, and remember that the Chinese word crisis uh, in, interpretates or interpret, interpretates. Damn, that sounds weird. <laughs> but it really just, it translates into two words problem or opportunity you always want the opportunity you don't want the problems you probably have enough problems in your life right now you want to create opportunity all right you don't want the problems you want to create opportunity so that's um those are the two topics so um i, I did the best i could with the two topics i hope i hope you guys like the two topics i don't think it was the best topics i had but um i got a lot of uh i have a lot of good content plugged into my phone so, you know, we'll get through them eventually. The list just keeps adding every single day. I'll get this great idea. I'm like, oh, man, I should talk about that. I'll hear something. I'll be like, damn, that'd be great to talk about. But uh, what we're going to do right now is um, I'm going to talk about Dundeal Investments. And from there, we'll, we'll close it out. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dundeal Investments, where the deal is already done. Now, this company is designed right now to take a distressed seller, anyone that can't financially sustain their home, and take an investor and put them together on a deal. So, um, so basically from this, right? So you have the distressed seller and the investor and, uh, the distressed seller could be anyone that financially just can't sustain the property anymore, or just needs to sell the house extremely fast and can't afford to go through a real estate agent and sell it on the market for, you know, weeks or months, um, depending on the property. Now who this can help is anyone that's pre foreclosure, uh, maybe the bank owns it and it's in a foreclosure. I can help the bank out. Um, you got a job transfer. You have to move really quick. You inherited a house and it's, you know, you can't really put it on the market because most of the time you inherit a house, it's from an elderly. They didn't really take care of the house and you have a lot of problems with the house, whether it's like, uh, hoarding issues, whether it's, um, there's a lot of, like a lot of crap inside of the uh, property, which I can basically handle, um, Scott free for you. Like I'll do all that for you. And I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Inherit a house. If you're going through a messy divorce, I can just quickly, you know, sell the house. Uh, most of the time, uh, people laugh when I say that, but um, normally when you're going through a divorce, you don't want to go through a long, dragged out process. You kind of just want to move on with your life and just sell the house, right? Most of the time, people don't really want to like live in the house because you know, they've, they've, there's a lot of memories within the house with the other person. They just want to get rid of the house. So I could also help you with that. Now, I call it. So this is how I can help you. This is the process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact me. 
I don't know that you need help. I'm not a mind reader. I can't, you know, I can't be like, oh, this person joined and this person knows this person that needs help. You have to contact me. Um, it's very simple. There should be no reason you can't contact me. I have Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I have all these, per- I ha- by the way, I have personal that you can reach out to me and I'll just refer you back to like a uh, channel that you prefer for done deal investments or just go to my direct pages for done deal investments because I have business pages as, w- as well. We also have a website, www.dundealinvestment.com. You can email me at done or sorry, done deal investments at outlook.com. Uh, you can also go and reach me at my, uh, my cell phone, which is 954-857-6450. And I'm pretty sure that's basically everything. Um, the best way is if you want more information, I would 100% say go to the website. It explains a lot. Uh, we have an about, about us page. We have a contact form. So it's really easy to fill out a form and, and I'll get in contact with you right away. Now, uh, so that's the first step. You have to get in contact with me. Now, I do prefer you call. Um, only for the fact that it's just easier. I just have to ask you some very basic questions no matter what platform you go on. Um, I got to ask you some basic questions for, for me to understand your financial situation that you're trying to get out of. And then from there, I got to ask you questions on the property. So I have to know what condition the property is in before we, you know, we go any further. From there, we're going to go into step two. Now, step two is we're going to set up a scheduled appointment for me to come to your property um, and take five pictures inside the property, five pictures outside. And then I'm going to bring a sheet with me that's just going to be like a, uh, an estimate sheet, I call it, where it's just going to basically be like, all right, we have broken windows. We have to replace the tile on the floor. Um, we have to fix the driveway. You know, any any little thing that's going to be a cost to the investor, I have to jot down so we know exactly how, you know, estimately how much money it's going to take for the investor to put some capital into the, the house, to flip it and make a profit off of the the um, the sale when he goes and try to try to flip it and sell it. Sorry. Now... Real quick, um, so the reason I'm taking the five pictures inside and the five outs with so 10 pictures in total is so when I go to find you an investor on the deal, it does. I don't have all this foot traffic going through your house. I just send the pictures, send the estimate and be like, if you're interested, you're interested. If you're not, you're not. And move on to the next person and just keep going through investors on my, uh, my buyer's list. Or if I have to go out and reach out to new investors or whatever I have to do to get the person on the deal for you. That's my job. My job is to 110% take care of your needs and at the same time, make sure the investor is on the same page with us on the deal. So that's where I come into place. That's where done deal investments comes into place on this deal. And so then the third, the, um, the third step, the third step, right, would be then I have to go and run comps on your, um, your house. So I go and how I do that basically is I go and run three closest houses to yours and I, and I look to see um, houses that I've sold in the market recently. And that's how we get the average price. From there, I just deduct the investments or how much it's going to cost for the investor to invest. And then basically from there, that's the price we negotiate on. So then we just negotiate, right? We negotiate on that price. We negotiate on the terms. And then we lock it into a contract. You sign, I sign, the investor signs. And from there, the deal's 100% done. We give you the cash that we negotiated and agreed upon. We, you know, we agree on the terms. You know, if you need three weeks to stay in the home, you need basically anything you need. You, you just tell me, and I'll put it into the into the deal with the investor, and we'll work from there. And then, so basically, how you basically win? Let's say you're the seller. Uh, the seller basically wins. They get the cash. They get out of the financial situation. Uh, most of the time, you're going through like a mortgage. 
through a bank. And if you're not, you know, a lot of these people, they end up going through like a pre-foreclosure, which means they're behind on payments on the mortgage and the bank's going to seize the property. So they're going to lose all that money they put in the property. And at the same time, it's going to probably screw up their credit. Most of the time it does screw up your credit because it's a loan that you're trying to pay back on, on, on your credit score. So we get you out of that. So it doesn't affect you financially with your credit score. You're not going to lose all the money you put into the house. And um, at the same time, we're going to give you cash to go get another property or another house or whatever you want to do because um, it's obviously your situation and you're going to take care of what you need to do. Now, if you need anyone, you need a realtor, you need a home inspector, you need anything, you let me know or done deal investments know, and we'll give you, um, we have those resources available where we can go and give you the contacts um, that can help you out through that. Now the investor is going to win on the deal too. I don't like saying winning because it makes it sound like only one person's winning. Everyone wins on this deal, all three parties, by the way. The seller, obviously, I just explained wins. The investor is obviously going to want to do it because he's going to flip the property and he's going to sell it on the market and he's going to make a, um, a return on his, on his investment. Now, Done Deal Investments is going to win also, and this is the coolest part, is we get paid commission by the investor. We don't get paid by the seller, so you don't have to worry about paying us. You just take the cash and, and you go and do what you have to do um, by getting another property for yourself. Now, the cool part is um, they call that a finder's fee, by the way, or a commission slash finder's fee, and that's how Done Deal Investments makes the profit on the deal because we put the deal together, right? Done Deal Investments did all the risk-taking, they did all the, you know, all the information. We went out and created the deal and, and you know, worked with you and worked with the investor as well. Now, um, so that's done deal investments. That's how, that's how the whole thing works with done deal investments right now. Now, what I'm trying to do in this exact moment is go get other things brought on to done deal investments. So once we get you out of that, that, that financial situation that you're in, we can then get you into other things and you don't have to go and find five or six other uh, you know, other companies to go help you with like one, one thing that you're trying to accomplish, which is getting another property, right? Cause most of the time you have to go to a, um, a realtor cause you, they have to go find you a property. You're not going to do that on your own. You're going to find a realtor to go get you something within your budget and it, within your needs. You're then going to go get a home inspector to go inspect that home. Cause what's going to happen is you don't want to go and buy that property. And then all of a sudden things break and you have to put all this money in and they, they scammed you out of the property because they you, you're, now you're sinking all this money into the property. So you got to get a home inspector. You're going to need financing for the property once everything goes through, right? Um, and you're going to need um, a lot of other things, right? Because it's not home. Really, when you're buying a home, it is a, it is a hell of a long process. So what I want to do is add all these different elements so it's all in one area. It's in one company. It's all a one-stop shop. So my next move is to add home inspections onto Done Deal Investments. That's going to take me about you know three or four months because I have to go and get licensed. I have to go and do some online courses. I have to go and get the license. And in order to do that, I got to get through this accounting class, which I'm done. Tuesday is my last day on the accounting class. And then I got to work on taking the courses and getting licensed in home inspections. So if you do want to, and I'm going to do free home inspections, by the way, for the first, like, uh, probably like the first four, like maybe three or four months just to um, build some reputation with the home inspections. So if you know anyone that needs a home inspection and can wait like three, four months, have them reach out to the Dundee Investment website um, or any type of way through Dundee Investments. And I'll put them on a uh, pre-service list, which means like once I get licensed, 
I'll give them a phone call and be like, Hey, do you still need a, a, a home inspection for free? And then I'll just go out and, and service their property for a free home inspection. Now, home inspections only cost about $150, $200. I actually just spoke with someone that got one and they're like, yeah, it's about $150 or $200 they roughly paid. Um, and I'll do a, a whole, a full home inspection report. We'll do your roof. We'll do inside. We'll do everything with the home and um, show you what you should be investing in within the house. Now, I want to add financing on. I want to add a bunch of different things. But right now, you know, you got to take one baby step at a time. So I got to add the next thing is home inspections. Now, um, if you know, so basically anything, if you know anyone that has a distressed property or maybe is an investor that wants to partner up on deals um, or wants a free home inspection, have them reach out to Done Deal Investments LLC and um, we'll get that done for them. Now, I think that's basically everything that I have on my list. So I'm going to wrap this up. So my name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And this has been episode 75 of Goals and Updates. We're almost on episode 80, which is amazing. Uh, and we're going to hit that 100th episode. And I'm going to try to make that a special episode. I'm going to try to have a guest on for the 100th episode, to be honest with you, uh, to make this a little bit more exciting. But all right, guys, have a great rest of your week. Um, I'm probably going to do another one. I think tomorrow is Friday. So I might do another one tomorrow since I didn't do one Monday to do makeup or it's going to be on a Saturday. So I'll keep you informed. So have a great rest of your week. Peace.